I wear many hats on this podcast. <laughs> no, but my biggest issue with AEW is what JVL brought up is like my big problem for the longest time was just the lack of use of women at the women's roster because apparently Where they couldn't Abaddon? make more than one. They couldn't. Where is Abaddon? <laughs> Where is Abaddon? <laughs> yes. I was, that's a good question. Where is Abaddon? We don't know, but this is my issue. They can't build a storyline more than one like they can't build a storyline like more than one women's storyline outside of the main championship because right now and i'll be honest this is a hot take too but i'm not really digging this outsider versus aew homegrown women's star storyline i think it's stupid and here's the thing yeah and i think ruby worked very well as heels Tony is the only person that is in this that is in the outsider faction right now that is I'm having a really hard time trying to make her a believable heel. In my opinion, I was like, Tony, I love you, girl, but we don't need to talk when you're a heel. When you're a baby face, it's amazing. And then on the other side, you have the other women's championship, the TBS championship. And I'm getting tired. I'm like, you had Jade run through almost every single woman on the roster at this point for her 53 and zero record. So freaking boring. I was just like, now it got good again, but they, I don't, I want Taya to be the one to take the title off her now that she's in AEW. But I'm just like, if Taya, if they let Jade beat Taya, I'm like, I'm, I don't know. And to your point, Professor, I think it's back to the people who do the booking and a combination of the booking and the storytelling because leading into Revolution outside of MJF and Danielson and then. I'm going to give some credit to the triple threat, but that was done messily. Every other story built in going up into this pay-per-view for AEW's revolution outside of the two main championships. Everything else was not built great. Now, I give a little grace to Jungle Boy and Christian because that was supposed to happen, but Christian got hurt. So this storyline has been pushed back since the injury. But oh, my God, this the Jericho Stark story built into the pay-per-view, <laughs> I think, was the worst built story of all the matches that happened at Revolution because you had Starks beat Jericho a couple weeks before and then Starks lost. And the, just the back and forth, I was like, you could have just left it there. This didn't need to be a pay-per-view match. That match was so bad, you guys. Like, I was, I was so tough. In my and Mrs. We're all speaking to this too. I think is that AEW has all the talent it needs. The stories are there, but they're not clicking all the time. And the ones that work, they ride too long. Yeah, or they're going to just get injured midway through, and then they put it on hold and can't. Right, pivot. and it seems like they have all their little brands and that sense of we have dark, we have dynamite, we have rampage, we have these. So it's all working. What's missing is that polish that a WWE has had over the last 30 years to figure out and to plan Except for. Except over the last 10, they haven't had that. Like, literally, it's been since Hunter took over. It's finally started to be repolished. Yeah. That was the dark ages that I didn't watch. You're absolutely right. So yeah. I get to talk about the Jericho and the fact that I... Uh, go I off. Said, go off, Professor. Go off. go off. and go crazy. <laughs> quick update. Quick update. Abaddon is out with a collarbone injury. She's been out for three months. That's right. Uh, Just letting you know that. All I saw was out for the last three months. I didn't see the collarbone injury. Collarbone injury. What sucks is, and I already hinted at this earlier, the fact that folks like Jericho, I don't want to make fun of Jericho because everyone's making fun of Jericho, and Jericho's more athletic than me. Maybe. Just the, he does. I just don't know what Jericho, what's Jericho doing? 
didn't sell any of those moves. Almost botched one of the two of them. Really could have gotten crazy hurt. He zoomed in on his bat, and you could tell it was the plastic bat. That pissed me off. Go look again. It's dented. Ah, uh, so all these little things that, that drove me crazy. And whereas I have a soft spot for Matt Hardy because I grew up loving Matt Hardy, and I know Matt Hardy's injured and still out there fighting for it. I'm watching Jericho, and I'm like, Jericho, stop. Stop. Like, we're seeing it now. No. Be a manager. Be a voice. Be anything else. Be an announcer. Do all these other things. You can't. You're just watching someone deteriorate in front of you, and that's... Run the Jericho's. Frustrated. Hey, run. <laughs> the Jericho's laughed so hard when Ruby Soho put on a life vest during one of the matches and then was wrestling in a life vest. It was hilarious. I was but... really excited to see him live, and I saw him live at the show I went to, and he was there, and it was okay. And I was like, oh, all right. Well, I haven't followed Jericho in a while. Okay. And I know Jericho got a bunch of shit for not having a six-pack, and then all of a sudden, a week later, he had one, and now two months later, he doesn't have one anymore. <laughs> Uh, and I he's, guess is he's human. I mean, he's I human. The, yeah. The person I feel the worst for in that whole entire storyline and that match was Ricky Starks, because I think sure. Ricky has the potential to be really great, and he's still young in his career, but that match didn't service him anything just because of how bad story built story building was, and then just the messiness of that match, too. I'm like, poor Ricky, man. When I heard, hearing from folks at the live show I went to, it was, yeah, they're just mad at each other. Why? I don't know. Oh, okay, great. That's too bad. I'm sorry to hear that. My point exactly. Adolph, the floor is yours. Well, I, would, I would like to try to bring this up. Back, so back when I, in, in, back in my day, watching WWFs. WWFs. Um, Back in my day, we had an F, and we liked it. Yeah, we liked it. We loved we it. We didn't get the F out. We got the F in. Where was the WWF? <laughs> there still is a WF, the World yeah, Wildlife World, Fund. World Wildlife Fund. That's why they lost it. They anyway, fight animals um, in a cage. Sorry, Adolfo. No, so back in the day, there was that this whole... You could do goofy, supernatural stuff, and it was cool. Like, Undertaker, of course, is the epitome of that when he first came out. But you had Papa Shango. You had, oh man, who else? You had, oh, the manager. Damn it. Paul Bearer. Paul Bearer. No, Mr. Fuji. You had Mr. Oh, Mr. Fuji. Fuji. You had Mr. Fuji. He did some mystical stuff that would toss, that would fuck with people during a match. The Brood. Uh, the Brood. You're right. And then the, the coming on, you had The Brood. And I found that shit enjoyable. Because going along with the whole like goofy wrestling thing, it was like it broke up the seriousness. It broke up, and it was yep. yeah, okay. It was completely out of the realm, but it was still entertaining. And the reason I'm bringing this up is because the I watched the Vikings, the Viking Raiders, the yeah, the Viking Raiders. Uh, was it Raw or SmackDown? One this of past them. Raw or SmackDown. It was, was one it, of them. the one where they finally won a match for the first time in a year. And did they win. <laughs> They won. They, they did. And one of the reasons they won is because their manager, Valhalla, individual, yep. Valhalla, she cast a curse on the one dude, which froze him up. And on all the other wrestling review shows that I watched, like on YouTube and whatnot, they fucking lambasted that shit. And they were like, oh, we don't need any of that. Uh, yes. I'm sitting here and I'm like, is there not room for that in wrestling, though? I think it's, that's partially also they're lambasting her for doing it, which is terrible because they're the, also the ones that are praising Bray Wyatt and all the Fiend stuff and everything else, which is just ter- it's this it's the misogyny in the damn thing. Yeah. It's been so, 
This came up with a women's street fight a while back where Ruby Soho was bleeding as bad as Eddie Guerrero did against JBL, and she got shit for bleeding. And it's like they're wrestling in a street fight. This is going to happen. Are the women not allowed to be better than the men at everything they're doing? Valhalla as a manager is was more enticing there than most managers they've had out there since or anybody else being out there. Yeah, and like me uh, as a viewer, I thought it was cool to actually see some completely outlandish curse shit Adolfo, going on. Like, I was I'm like, sending, oh. I'm going to send you some Abaddon matches to watch because you'll love that for nothing else because she basically comes out like a zombie and crawls to the ring. And nice. so she's super yeah. like, She doesn't, she no sells, she kicks ass. But then I love Valhalla's curse, but I'm sorry, no one can curse Danhausen. <laughs> Danhausen cursing, <laughs> let's go. <laughs> it is so beautiful. Yeah. that's a that's another pet peeve of mine like uh, all these the spooky stuff doesn't work in this like it can work in this day and age it's just done so poorly yell at, him. yell at him please he was not here for your entire rant on this and now he's taking the other side of this you misogynistic pig you know what you know what jvl you can fuck right off <laughs> you got rid of the wrong john i'm still here no what the fuck just happened <laughs> the professor got pissed and like rage quit Oh, I heard everything. I had to run. I had to run to the bathroom, so I turned you up really loud. So my whole house heard everything you were talking about. My, Dan my hasn't cursed him so moving. hard. My words were so moving for you. Did I, I had to leave for a second? Because exactly, I had to be in on this conversation. I agree, though. I miss the supernatural shit. And if if you haven't seen the Papa Shango meeting Baby Shango at the convention, yes! it's the most adorable, awesome thing. Have you seen this at all? No, I haven't. We, I'm, oh, I'm, awesome. I'm going to ruin it a little bit, but I'm going to send it to you anyway. This kid walks up dressed perfect Papa Shango, maybe six or seven years old, and he's all excited. I'm going to meet Papa Shango. And you see he's Chris White, Chris something. I can't remember his name. I used to know his name. And he's standing there, and he's at the table, and he's dressed, and he turn, looks over and he just goes, oh, my God. And you see it on his face, and he kicks and goes, hello, and just goes right into the character. And the kid holds up the staff, and he goes, careful with that. Careful now. It's powerful. And you just see this little oh. boy light up and you're like, oh, that's why it works. So I, I love the supernatural shit and the spooky shit and the curses and things. And there's a part of me that thinks maybe that's what's missing from some of these archetypes and these big characters. Is that that's soul, what I was. That yeah, soul that's thing that's I don't want to say spiritual because that's not necessarily what I mean. But that the, the weight of some of this stuff. Oh, I missed watching wrestling as a kid and watching The Undertaker come out, and it's just the really <laughs> shitty animated lightning bolts hit the corner of the ring. Yes. And then the sparks yes. go out, and The Undertaker yeah. is there, and it's, I don't care what this is, or Kane always somehow getting the fire to come out of the corner post. Sure. Yeah. All that don't get like me wrong. Crazy I, mystical I, I, stuff. I didn't. I love <laughs> I love my supernatural stuff in wrestling. Like I grew up on that stuff as well. But at least in the modern iteration, there's very few people that are doing it right. So okay, so Bray Wyatt, I love Bray Wyatt to death. I just don't know. I don't know what the fuck's happening. Like this long term. He doesn't maybe know what's I, happening. Yeah, because that's it's when he came back, I was like, okay, you know what? I can dig this for a couple of weeks. This was cool. And then since the Royal Rumble, I was like, what are we? What the fuck is happening? I don't. But House of Black, I think, is a good example of how to do the supernatural. But I want more from them. And I, I know they can. Dawn is perfect oh for that. But there are so many current bad examples of supernatural shit. And I'm just looking at this. I'm like, really? Technically, it's not supernatural. But like, I, I don't, don't like the schism. 
Isla Dawn's witchy stuff needs to be upgraded. Oh, sh- like she's a witch. That is her character. She cursed one person, and that was like a month and a half ago. And we have yet to see the supernatural shit yet. I see oh, Harry Danhausen. Harryhausen. Danhausen. Harryhausen. Sorry, I said Harryhausen. Harryhausen. I said Harryhausen. That's not even. Cl- that's a very different. Exclamation. <laughs> He just enters with hundreds of Argonauts, which would be cool as fuck, by the way. Bunch of skeletons. Release the Kraken! <laughs> That's what's missing from wrestling, is shit like that. But it's become a gimmick and a joke, where it's, the audience cheers with you and you go, ah, and you curse someone. As opposed to yeah. really invest in it. And I think there's some storytelling yeah. elements there that really work. Well- Except it's also, that's a comedy thing too, where he was cursing people in a comedy way, but then they would have something ridiculous happen to them. Like he, he cursed Jericho and Jericho hit in the nuts by his bat. I haven't seen it yet. Oh yeah. Dude, no, I haven't it watched it. It was so beautiful. <laughs> It'd be funny as fuck, but that's, yeah. that stuff's cool. I don't think that would solve the problems, but I think that again, that's an acting thing. Can you do these supernatural characters and invest the shit in the shit out of it? I'm going to give you a good example. It's not negating the premise. Yeah. I'm going to give you a good example of like supernatural stuff gone right. And people don't hate me, but it comes from impact wrestling. I think if you're going to do the super piece of shit, fuck you. Listen, I love me some Abaddon, but if I'm looking at current product right now, because Abaddon hasn't been on television for three months due to an injury. So they haven't had the chance to use Abaddon in that kind of way yet. So let's just put that out there. But Impact Wrestling, I think if you're going to lean into the supernatural stuff and it be actually entertaining and not in a jokey way, but you know what? I like the work that we're doing, this fictional world building. I'm looking at the Death Dolls, which is, well, at the time of this recording and the tapings, Rosemary, Jessica, and Taya Valkyrie, the supernatural stuff. There's the other realm where they go in half the time. Yeah, not Taya no more because now she's in... Tony Khan fucking ruined that because I was like, this pat literally, this <laughs> literally <laughs> Wednesday is like Ty Valkyrie appears on AEW. And then the following Thursday, Taya and Rosemary lose the women's tag titles <laughs> like the same night. I'm like, damn, Tony Khan, you fucked this up again. Cause he did that before where he debuted at Impact Star and they were still, they're still in the taping. <laughs> so I was like, what is this? But the Death Dolls is a good example. I'm still trying to feel out how I feel about this. The new tag team champions of the Coven, which is I want to say it's Ali Kitch, I believe, and Taylor Wild. I'm just like, Taylor, if we're going to go with the like tarot cards, like spookiness of it, I need you to lean in more into it, because right now. It's not working for me, and I was getting on board with it when she was so... It looked like she was going to feud with Killer Kelly, which, by the way, Killer Kelly is great. I'm just saying. But I don't know. That's one of the few archetypes I have problems with, not in wrestling, but it's just I've had so many modern bad examples of it being terrible that I was just like, if we're not going to commit and we're not going to lean into it a little bit, then I don't want to see it on my screen. It's for me personally, it feels like you got to give me 110% with it or... Don't do it at all, because I'm like, there's no in between when it for me personally, that comes with that kind of shtick. And I think it can't be something that's let me try this and see if it works. Because now you've come in with the wrong intentions, right? You've come in with let me experiment. Yeah. I don't know. You, you have to be all yeah. in or we're not yeah. going to buy it. Yeah, like the spook, the spooky archetypes don't work for me. And then the cult faction archetypes don't work for me either, especially the same reasoning. If you don't lean into it like there's no point that's what made mankind so scary 
was that you didn't, Mankind was a little, there was this weird supernatural element, and it was also, yeah, that's also a serial killer. Like, you were all in yeah. on, you bought it. hundred and Undertaker, for sure. It's almost like horror movies, how there's always, like, this eight- or nine-year cycle of, for eight years, we're doing supernatural horrors. For eight years, we're doing slashers in this. For eight years, you fall asleep, and you're going to die in your dreams. Whatever, like, that sort of thing. And there was a good, maybe even about eight, ten years or so, where it was like, the supernatural creepy shit is working. And then it wasn't cool anymore. And well, now it's... it's become... I'm sorry, go ahead. Wait, no, I just, I feel like the supernatural stuff also hasn't worked because every supernatural person brought up in the modern age has been built as a monster, like the unkillable demon or whatever else it is, versus like just someone that uses trickery in certain ways to be able... Like House of Black right now... Yes, they have an edge to them that could be said where monsters were unkillable, but they're not. They're really just using psychology of the supernatural to fuck with people's heads. It's the 13th we're warrior. The darkness, we're there. It's the 13th warrior, right? Where, like exactly. when he stabs the Viking guy and he goes, oh, he's just a man. He's just a man. And then Antonio Banderas <laughs> murders 20 people. Exactly. <laughs> Very much the same thing. But everyone else that's trying to do it is trying to be that thought of unkillable, unbeatable, and you can't book a wrestling show around someone that is unbeatable in this day and age out of kayfabe because that just doesn't work. Unless your name's <laughs> Roman Reigns. <laughs> but he was beatable before he was unbeatable. I, I swear to God, really, Cody has really, to beat him. <laughs> I miss the really stupid stuff that like they did. Like It, it won't work, but like the Shock Trooper or the Gobbledygooker the Shockmaster? Yeah. Oh my god, yeah. Shockmaster, the Gobbledygooker. See, some of the dumbest things, but some of the most cool. iconic memories. Some of those dumb ideas, like, and this is a big pet peeve I had, like, back, a co- like, seven, eight years ago with WWE. It's like, when the wrestlers try to get themselves over underneath the Vincent Kennedy McMahon, like, regime, like, they were always punished for it, so I always bring this up. I'm still mad that the fashion police, which was Breeze and Fandango, when they were a tag team, like that shouldn't have worked. At first it was stupid, but then every week they made it their own and they were putting themselves over. And I'm still mad to this day that they did not win any of the tag team championships and have a run with it because that shit was awesome. And it was hilarious. It was stupid, but the fans were behind it. The other perfect example was Rusev Day got over so much with the fans and we didn't get any championship tag team reigns between Rusev and the drama king that is now going by Matthew Raywald. That pissed me off so much. I was like the same way with Val Venus. Oh my gosh, yes. He got so over with this little fucking whatever the hell he was doing and then he got it was a punishment. He got put naturally got pushed over, and Vince went, fuck that. So we're off the rails anyway, Mikey. I don't know what this episode was supposed to be about. But now there's another question. Mini brings up another question. There's Who's the hypersexual wrestler right now? Do we want an honest answer? Because I can probably... On, on both brands or just in general? So Ravishing Rick Rude would bring a lady on stage and do misogynistic things, but everyone applauded it. And would put women's faces on his tights, which, I mean, if it works for you, great. <laughs> Val Venus, there's probably a handful of other ones in there. But God, what's the rest of that? that was a pimp. Godfather? Oh, my. Godfather? <laughs> the yeah. Godfather. Godfather. I can't remember his name. It was also Papa Shango. Shango. Mustafa. 
let me think. Okay, if I was honestly, if I'm going, to, if I'm looking for that one wrestling character that's kind of a piece of shit, and even to this degree, not even miso- like kind of misogynistic. I don't even want to say it because it's not even that bad. But like, honestly, the only thing that comes to mind is Impact Wrestling. Johnny Swinger is the only one that I can no. think of right now. Angel and you're the Garza. only one who watches Impact, so I don't know who you're talking who? about. Angel Garza. His whole oh, thing like- oh, Angel Garza. That's okay. right. I forgot about it. I miss him, him and Umberto. Yeah, like, I need Extreme, you have to invest all the way in this character characters that sort of anchor... Itching stories that we want to watch. Those might be the those are things that are missing from wrestling everywhere. Those supernatural ones, those hypersexual ones. Would it be One bad if favorite. there was like a woman wrestler that just brings a different guy on stage every week? Carmella. I, there's Carmella. <laughs> like back in the TNA days, remember we had the beautiful people faction of go. like Ange- yeah, Angelina Love yeah. and Madison Rain. Now, if we want to get like on the other end where people found them revolting, but that's just because of the stereotype they were played. I don't care what nobody says. I will forever in a day stand OBD from TNA. OBD is one of my favorites. She was like this red redneck character. Like literally she one of her moves was she would attack people with her ginormous boobs. Like she literally was trailer trash. The character that was her character. Who is this? OBD? What? OBD. But oh, see, here's the thing. Her character was like, I feel about the character, but her wrestling is was wrestling wise. She actually was really good. Like, I miss OBD. Give me a godmother, not a godfather. To see how well that can get <laughs> over nowadays. Right now, sorry, Penelope. I should pronounce it correctly. I had to look her up. Oh. I know who ODB is. She's great. ODB is old dirty bastard. OBD is a different person. Sorry, I had an old person moment. That's my fault. <laughs> so good. That's a totally what? different joke. What are we talking about? What? Hey, where where am I? Some, there's gonna be someone who just tunes in right at that part of old dirty bastard. Like what? Uh, oh, this is a wrestling podcast. Hey, when in my quick. But, oh, just, sorry, go ahead. But I think it's important to you when you need to have good storytelling and you need to have interesting characters because when you put them together and they both work out perfectly, you create some very iconic moments, which kind of leads into what I do want to talk about. So at the time of this recording, we literally have less than two weeks away for WrestleMania season. So the professor and JBL had their chance to be on location to some of these things. So now it's going to be one of the best storylines ever. And one of the best matches in that storyline. So I am not sad. I'm missing WrestleMania. Thank you very much. Me and Minnie are going to be live on location at WrestleMania where we potentially may see the culmination of said storyline. And you don't yell, fuck you, Roman. Like I did at the top of my lungs. Listening to a pay-per-view. Like this is the first pay-per-view I've ever watched live. Ever WWE was elimination elimination chamber because it was so much easier to get him now than it was when yeah. I was watching wrestling. Hearing the live crowd and like listening to them, I've never heard this in WWE before. They always cut all the language out. Now I'm hearing "fuck you, Roman." It was on SmackDown the night before too. We started doing it on yep. SmackDown. Yep, you can't, you can't stop it. Like it's but... AEW. AEW lets it go. But anyway, go, Mikey, go. But me and Minnie will be live on location because. Y'all, this WrestleMania has the potential to be probably the one for the history books because there's there's a couple of storylines that have are amazing. But there's also some ones like storyline wise, I'm a little worried and I need them to start picking it up in the two weeks because it's not going to happen. I feel like most matches are going to be great except for Lesnar and Omos. 
That's my pee break match. I'm sorry. That's the pee break match. <laughs> Here's my worry for this entire event now, because with the behind the scenes stuff going on where Vince is now, they're all cleaning up the stuff for the sale, supposedly, which is supposed to happen as WrestleMania is going on. They're not focusing on WrestleMania. And so it's going to suffer no matter what, even with good built up matches. I feel like it's either going to run over, run weird. Something's going to happen where Logan Paul takes over and has like an 80 minute match. I don't know what the fuck's going to happen, but it's not going to, this is going to be a spoiled WrestleMania. It is smelling like a spoiled WrestleMania coming up, and I'm sad for you to be there. I'm holding on to hope because I want this to be amazing. I have that fear as well, and because we were talking about this before we started recording, how it's two weeks into WrestleMania, and this is the first WrestleMania that I that I remember that all the matches and all the storylines going into it, it's there's still like a whole bunch of question marks. Because, again, back in my day, with all the WrestleManias, by this point, two weeks out, you knew all the storylines going in. You knew all the matches, all the main matches going in. And it was it was like the build up to that Um, for a solidification or a swerve. Either either one were happening at this point. Right. Exactly. And you would have you would have the matches where the whichever dude. That was wrestling at WrestleMania would wrestle some jobber and then his WrestleMania appointment opponent would like come out and do some shenanigans just to keep that storyline f- flowing. But like this WrestleMania, it's it maybe it's because I have I'm coming. I'm jumping in, quote unquote, late into the storylines, but it, it feels like a whole bunch of storylines are undeveloped. There like, are no other storylines. Okay, so, yeah, so let's run this down real quick. So, really, the only match that actually has a long-term story going into it is what's rumored, which, no, it's not rumored. It's definitely the main event of Night 2, which is Roman Reigns versus Cody Rhodes for the Undisputed Universal WWE Championship. Roman, Sammy have been going back and forth since before Elimination Chamber. This has been, like, a year-long story And now we throw Cody Rhodes into the mix, as well as Kevin Owens, who has beef with Roman Reigns for a little bit prior to all this, too. This is the only match going into WrestleMania that has had any long term story. My biggest fear is because Cody has to be the one to dethrone Roman. My fear is that we're not going to get it at WrestleMania because now that backlash is supposed to be is going to be held in Puerto Rico which is the next pay-per-view after WrestleMania in May, I'm hearing reports that we're getting a triple threat at Backlash between Roman, Cody, and Seth, and I'm just like... We could still have (laughs) Cody win and have Roman... like Basically, Cody can turn and say, Sammy, I'm giving you the opportunity that you deserved at this because you didn't have to come do this. And Roman puts in his his re- rematch clause or something like that. There's a way to do it so that Cody still wins. So that that's not the problem. The real issue is that... You've got a couple of sparkling matches you peppered in here, and because the Bloodline stuff has been taking off so much time, you haven't given Rhea and Charlotte enough time to actually rebuild their stuff. It only started kicking off this past week, which I'm like, this kind of little too late. (laughs) It hasn't kicked off. They've barely scratched the surface of why they hate each other. They haven't touched on that WrestleMania match during the COVID period, which is why they're doing this. They haven't really built up all the stuff going on with the women's tag stuff that's going to lead to Becky versus Trish at SummerSlam, as they're saying now. 
they haven't done any of that stuff. They haven't built up the, the tag match that much with the, with the, even Kevin Owens and Sami Zayn because they're still trying to figure that shit out. I've and heard then, nothing about Oscar and Bianca Belair. That's that, I've heard nothing. That storyline has pissed me off of having no build. I was like, these two women are going to give me a phenomenal match, but this y'all are dropping the ball with them because exactly like Oscar's playing keep away right now. I'm like, this is some boot shit. No, or, it's terrible. I just looked at the list to double check. It's Trish Stratus and Lita. And Becky versus and Damage Becky. Control. There's at what? It's her and her. Yeah. Uh, I, they used to hate each other. They still do. That that I, there's going to be something in there that's going to split that up so that they lose the belts to damage control. And then there's the whole story they're talking about now is Becky versus Trish. Trish is the heel at SummerSlam. Wow. It's insane. It's like, like when I look at Tegan all these. Knox? So I look at all these <laughs> stories. Sheena lost to Liv and Raquel this past Friday to qualify for a fatal four-way women's yes. number one contender match. Together where the hell is her storylines? I know I'm the only person that likes Tegan Knox on this whole fucking world, but where the fuck is Tegan Knox? Hey, <laughs> you take that back because Tegan Knox is awesome. I love her too. It's just so that I, I'm mad that she's not on my guys, TV screen. You guys might be able to help me with this. I know the Edge and Finn Balor thing. I get that. I understand. Valor. Valor, because I'm an idiot. Hell <laughs> Yeah, we got the hell in the cell. I, I'm old again. Seth and Logan Paul. I understand that. I'm mad Logan because I'm actually. I don't understand that. I'm yeah, mad I, because I'm like, I'm looking at that match. I was like, I know I'm supposed to hate it, but gosh dang it. And I'm like, it's going to be a spectacle. John, Austin Theory and John Chena, if you can see him. John Chena. Yo, Theory needs some aloe vera because once again, John Cena <laughs> just burying fools left and right on the mic. And that wasn't supposed to happen. He went off script and fucked him up. Oh <laughs> my God. He did was... the same thing to The Rock. And he did that to Roman, too. But both of those guys were at least pushed by the companies. Theory's been put out to dry. I don't know, but that match doesn't really need much build-up because it's John Cena. Who cares? It's John Cena. Yeah, it's gonna be lol. Cena wins. That he's gonna hit his five moves, five moves of doom, <laughs> and it's gonna be that's the match. I'm only gonna enjoy it because this is the first time I get to see him live, and I've been watching him since he debuted. When I was four. Are you, see, are you actually gonna see him? Uh, <laughs> I watched him before he can be seen, so I think I have the ability to see him. Oh, you can see through his yeah. Yeah, I can see through his his hands. This is why like, we just talked about those matches. Nothing's exciting me. There's a few that are okay. I don't What's, believe this was. I think this is going to be a slog for WrestleMania. I'm excited to see Ray versus Dom because I'm tired of Rom talking shit. We have yet to get confirmation that it's going to happen. Happened. It's going to happen. It better happen. Why, why we're it's going to happen. The build up to the Intercontinental Championship has been very questionable, but I'm really but in hindsight, this should be. Listen, on paper, this is going to be a phenomenal match. Gunther, Drew, and Sheamus are going to fucking kill each other. Well, and this is circling back to our thing. That's a match that has no fucking build and nothing else, but technically is going to be a masterpiece. They're going to fucking kill yeah. each other, and I'm excited. They had the one match to set it up, and then nothing since then. What do Does Bobby Lashley have anyone yet? Okay, let's talk about this real quick, because I don't even fucking know what's happening with this. I don't know what's going on behind the scenes. Ray scene. Wyatt got COVID. Got uh, COVID. That's what's fucking going on. Bobby Lashley got COVID? What? No, no, no. Ray Wyatt did, probably. Because it's supposed to be Bobby versus Bray at WrestleMania. John, change the battery in your hearing aid. <laughs> Alright, I'm gonna go flip this over and fix it. I've been on that date. <laughs> oh, that is you over there. There's a reason why this is called the Biconics, ladies and gentlemen, but continue. I'm going to go back in the closet. Let me know when it's time to wake up. Been on that day, too. Seven minutes in heaven. 
see, here's the thing. And I think maybe because I'm a little more optimistic because I want to take the my glass, my jaded glasses off. And only because see, if I was going by myself, I think it would be something different because objectively it would be like, yeah, maybe not. But the fact that is because I'm going with friends to WrestleMania, I think on paper, it may not be the best thing, but just because I'm with some good friends. Honestly, that's how I, my approach is when I watch half of these pay-per-views anyways. It's like on paper, they're prob- it's probably not going to be like five out of five stars the whole entire way through. Unless you're New Japan, but even then there's some questionable choices that have happened within the last couple of months, but we'll get into that. I'm not gonna lie, I'm kind of excited for Santa Deliver too. Really go to live. I'm more excited for that show. Okay, so the honestly, and again, they have two weeks to build most of these stories. There's some questionable booking choices, but Stand and Deliver is building up to be actually pretty decent because you have the booking decisions. It's just the graces of Shawn Michaels. That is very true, but I'm excited for a lot of these matches, and I'm pretty sure there's going to be some surprises in there. I'm excited for the men's NXT championship. Braun versus Carmelo, I think, is going to be great. Fucking lose. I'm excited to see Johnny Gargano. Johnny versus Grayson Waller. I need Johnny to beat his ass. Johnny Johnny Gargano needs to beat Grayson Waller's ass. He has to win this one. Finish the story, damn it. Speaking of like Johnny Gargano, I'm, I'm kind of curious. What happened to Tommaso Ciampa? I haven't seen him in 19 so, million years. Tommaso has been out with. See, I need somebody to fact check me here because I knew he was out with an injury, but I think he oh, had like some best. sort of. Tommaso Ciampa, John Crossway lookalike. <laughs> yeah. Like very bearded, like muscled up. I have a lookalike? Yeah, look up Tommaso okay, Ciampa. Look up Tommaso Ciampa, WWE. And you'll see your twin. He is your twin, basically. <laughs> he literally is your twin. Meanwhile, Dolph and I are the Basham brothers, for God's sake. Oh, my gosh. But let's see. Yeah, because Stand and Deliver, oh. Car- Carmelo versus Braun. You have the ladder match for the NXT Women's Championship. I swear to God, I already know what's going to happen. The last entrance is going to be Roxanne. I'm like, this is some bullshit. Why? But I am happy with who we have so far. Zoe Stark's going to kill girls. Gigi's going to pull out some crazy shit that I know she can do from her independent wrestling days. I hope Sol Bruca gets into that ladder match somehow because I think she was made for a ladder match. <laughs> you just want to see her do her finisher off the top of the ladder. Yes, I do. Shut up. The Soul Snatcher is really great. I'm actually thinking that the tag, the women's tag team championship match will surprise me because the one they had at Vengeance Day was a lot better than it should have been. Uh, I'm not... Looks- Awesome. I'm not going to lie. I'm really excited for the Fatal Five Way for the North American Championship. Who, this is who I want to see because Wesley gets to pick his opponents for it. If I was the booker, here's who I want to see. I want to see Wesley take on Axiom, Tyler Bate, Nathan Frazier, and who would be my other one? Who's the last one that I had picked? Nathan Frazier, Axiom, Tyler Bate, and oh, you know what? NXT's new recent signee, Mr. Dragon Lee. I want to see those four and Wesley go at it. All the flippy dippy, like high flying crap. Give it to me now. But the we shall see. Dippy high flying crap. If that's not Lucha Underground in a nutshell. Listen, <laughs> those a Braun Strowman like orgasm at this point. Those four people I mentioned, plus Wesley, they're all tech, they're all fast pay. Literally, this is an X Division match, like cruiserweight stuff. I just want to see. Those five go at it. I think it would be a phenomenal match. This is on and, April 1st? 
It's the morning of night one of WrestleMania. So Saturday is going to be so much wrestling that weekend. They have not named anyone for that fatal five way. No, because Wesley gets to pick his opponents, but really it's going to be whoever the bookers decide to put there. But if I got to choose, if I was the booker, it would be Wesley, Axiom, Nathan Frazier, Tyler Bate, and Dragon Lee all in that match. I got to do some homework on NXT. Mikey is your resource right here. That's all he ever I know. About. It seems like Mikey has all the cliff notes. You know I, what? You can, all of you could fuck right off. <laughs> I, I will admit, I have some mild interest in that almost match with what? I do. You know what? Before I, one of the podcast, please. Hey, so I can no. see it just because of what happened between Braun and Braun and Lesnar where Braun accidentally need Lesnar in the face and Lesnar rocked him. That's the only reason why I'm interested because I want to see Lesnar actually just rock almost because he sucks at wrestling. Why, Adolfo? Why? Give well, us your thesis. <laughs> from what I've been hearing, this is not the last match for Brock Lesnar, but after this, his I think his contract, his current contract with WWE is done. He's going to go do the, his thing where he goes to UFC for a little bit and goes and beats people up in UFC. And then a year later, he'll make his triumphant return to WWE or whatever the fuck. And I don't think he would allow himself to go out on a piss poor match. If he gets um, paid for it, that's all I he mean, gets was the money. Right. Any which way he gets the money. And I have voiced before to Mikey, and I will voice here. I necessarily don't like Brock Lesnar. I never really have liked his his style of wrestling. Don't worry, you're a good company, but that's a whole nother discussion. But yeah, you're you're excited for this match because, you know, it's the end. Yeah, maybe that's it. <laughs> <laughs> that's what you just said. I pray to yeah. God, I hope it's the end. I'm really excited for this match because he's gone. I don't want to see Brock Lesnar again until SummerSlam if we ever actually have to see him again. I, have, I will I give mean, credit. There's been a few moments of this little Brock Lesnar run that I've actually really enjoyed. One of them being SummerSlam from last year with the fucking tractor spot. <laughs> but I'm, I'm feeling Adolfo's point there too, where it's like Brock is not... It's not going to su- uh, I almost said it's not going to suck. That's not what I mean. What I mean is he's going to fight to make sure it's remembered because even he knows there's less days in front of him. I, but on top of that, he chose this because he had, sure. they were going to put him in with Bray Wyatt and he said, no. so this is what he gets. So if he doesn't come in here thinking that he, like, and actually wanting to do stuff, it's his own damn fault. So don't embarrass yourself. Yeah. Here's now how history, how is history going to remember you? Um, it's just not going to happen because it's um, almost. I'm hoping we're not going to get a Brock Lesnar versus Goldberg at WrestleMania 20. Again. Oh, God, no. <laughs> 25. Not, because almost is going to try. And that's the best he's going to be able to do. But it's going to be a great Kali moment versus Brock Lesnar, which is not going to work. Because Lesnar can't carry almost. Has almost done anything? Almost can't carry himself. No. Almost is terrible. The last, yeah. Almost the last the Rumble walked in, punched two people, and then got tossed. Like, that was it. Yeah, that was, that not... was the, the aged Andre the Giant spot, which is, I can't move, I can't do things, I'm not that Eight, good. He's 27! Yes. Yep. And, not all people are met for a wrestling ring. No. And here's the thing, like, outside of the ring, Omos is a very sweet individual. Like, his heart, he's a very nice individual. He's a very sweet person. But... As many said, not everyone's meant to be a wrestler, and this is one of those times. So, honestly, this is either the pee break match or to go get some food or something. 
He was but, also pushed. He was pushed because of his size. He had not had spent enough time actually training to know what a wrestler did because Vince was like, "You're ginormous. My dick is hard," and so he put him in. And now they're dealing with the fact that they like can't that. bring him back down. No, that's probably how the conversation went because Vince Kennedy McMahon has some kinks for some big beefy boys. Oh, like, no, I know. I, I can totally see Vince just seeing that being there like, oh, my God, look, he's big and he's black. Yeah, he was, he was like, <laughs> Jesus. All right. No, that's what he was, he's big. And guess what? We're filling the diversity quota because he's black. Oh, I love that it's Vince's dick that just tells him how to book these matches. I think that's fantastic. <laughs> that's, wouldn't be surprised. He's, he's as tall and as black as I think my dick is. As problematic as that sounds, this is Vincent Kennedy McMahon we're talking about. And I, the crazy shit we have seen him do over the last centuries and just everything that comes out of his mouth half the time. Like, I would not be surprised if this was the logic as we have seen from years I, and years. In my head canon, Vince McMahon has named his cock Vince Jr. No! Like, Vince Jr., tell me, what do you think, Vince Jr.? As long as it talks back to him. Hey, Vince, I think you should book almost. You think so, Vince Jr.? I think you should. And Vince's mind probably does talk back to him. You're the son I never had. You're like my horn swoggle, yet handsome. Shane comes in. What about me, Dad? Who are you? Get out of here. Maybe I'll think about it. Nobody likes you, uh, Shane. Dad, your dick's talking to me again. Get out! Oh my Get god. Here too. Okay. <laughs> so here's what I want to do for the last 20 minutes or so. So I touched upon it, but at the time Wait, of this recording... Dick for 20 minutes? No, okay, so let me run oh, this down. It's Iconics podcast. Let me talk about Vincent's dick. Nah, I don't want... Fuck Vince McMahon, bro. I don't want to give him any time, but whatever. Fuck Anyways. Yeah, fuck Vince and his dick, but not in that order. <laughs> I'm going to start my own promotion, by the way. Oh, really? Yeah. Oh, what do you no. want to call it? Oh, God. Oh, God, no. VDW, Vince's dick wrestling. WBW, waistband wrestling. <laughs> oh, this my. weekend, it's a Texas cockfight. One man enters, many men leave. It's going to be called Big BBW, Big Black Wrestling. No. And I'm going to stop it right there because. We, we're already going to get, we're not making any profit off this, so who the fuck oh, this cares? Did, this got demonetized a while ago. Oh my gosh. God damn it. So JBL gets here, instant, no money. And jabated. <laughs> no. Anywho. So we're talking about WrestleMania, right? Huh. So I kid you not, like whether it's going to be watching it, the pay-per-views, or for people going live, like I've heard some of the wrestling folks on the internets that I watch, like they tell me they're listing all the events they're going to be to because I swear WrestleMania weekend always has all the fucking promotions doing all big ass shows across because it's in Los Angeles. Let me run. So let me run down everything that is happening. WrestleMania weekend across all of the major brands that we follow here at the Biconics. So Friday, no, not even Friday, Thursday, March 30th, not only do you have a live edition of Impact Wrestling, but you also have the Impact Wrestling New Japan crossover show, the multiverse of matches, only the strong survive, where New Japan, strong, and New Japan wrestlers are going up against Impacts. 
I'm sad that Will Osbury got hurt because I wanted to fucking see him and Speedball Mike Bailey go at it. That was the one match I was excited to see. But that match. we are getting Josh Alexander versus Kushida, which should be good. Kenta is taking on fucking murder grandpa Minoru Suzuki. So I'm like, give me it to me now. <laughs> He's going to re-retire him. Suzuki's going to beat him up so bad that his knee never gets better. I'm excited. We get a fatal four-way for the Impact Women's Championship. Giselle Shaw, Mickey James, Deanna Parazzo, and Yuka Samahak. Yuka, ha- Yuka Samahak. Yeah, I'm excited for that. Is that one where Mickey James, if she loses that one, she retires? I don't even, like, we're done with the retirement tour because she's currently stuck on busted open radio island with her and Tommy Dreamer and Mr. Bully Ray, which is a whole nother podcast we can have. I want Bully Ray to get off my TV screen. Like, we're done. Like, I was like, I don't need to see any of, I love Mickey James, but I'm sad that she's stuck on busted open island right now because Bully Ray and Tommy Dreamer are going to have a match next Friday at Sacrifice. Mickey James, you want to come guest on our podcast? Listen, like, I would love Mickey James to be on here, but. We'll stay off. That, that, that will be fully monetized if I leave and she comes on. There's going to be a tag team match with the Impact Champions, which is Chris Bay and Ace Austin who are now with Bullet Club taking on, I think, I think Aussie Open's also going to be at that show too. So I was like, yes, give it to me now, but we'll see. Then Friday the 31st is Ring of Honor, Supercard of Honor pay-per-view. Again, we haven't gotten anything confirmed except Briscoe versus Samoa Joe. Someone's going to get killed. It's going to be great. I thought it was also going to be Cesaro versus Eddie Kingston. Supposedly, we haven't got confirmation. Really? And then the Reach for the Sky tag team ladder match should be really good. Yeah, not the Reach Around ladder match. Yeah, I, got <laughs> I think we should book that one. So that's Friday. <laughs> Saturday Too many headlocks. Too many headlocks. Oh, oh my gosh. Saturday morning is NXT Stand and Deliver, which I'm excited for. Then later that night is night one of WrestleMania. And then Sunday is night two of WrestleMania. What's that? I've never heard of that one. Okay. <laughs> so. I want to hear from everyone. We already talked about how a lot of us are not feeling the build to WrestleMania, but on paper, some of these matches should have the potential to still be pretty good. So I'm going to force people to try to be optimistic here, which is going to be hard for a lot of you folks. (laughs) I'll work on it. I'll work on it. Okay. So let's just stick to WrestleMania because not all of my co-hosts are masochists like me and watch every single brand every single week. So let's just stick to we'll just stick to WrestleMania because even then NXT is a stretch for a lot of these folks. <laughs> I know everyone's not feeling the story builds, but I want to hear from everyone. What is one match that you are looking forward to for WrestleMania and why? Can we just all say Cody versus Roman? <laughs> it's not mine. <laughs> it's definitely, no, it's not, definitely mine. not mine. I'm actually excited for Rhea versus Charlotte. Now tell me why. Good one. Does that want mommy to have the belt? That's fair. <laughs> that that simple. Was- you know what, Adolfo? Did we ever tell you what our me and Minnie's obsession here with Rhea Ripley? So I'm a married man, so I can't. Go ahead, Mike. <laughs> go ahead. Just go ahead. Go ahead. Okay, so this is not necessarily going to get you in trouble, but But. me and Minnie love Rhea Ripley for a multitude of reasons. She is an excellent wrestler. Big, strong Australian woman. Yes, big, strong Australian woman. Her accent is very sexy. 
But if we're going to be completely honest, mommy can do all types of things to us up and down the ring because her aesthetic just gives me. Yes. She fulfilled. Yes. It's called Snoo Snoo. <laughs> Death by Snoo Snoo is literally it. Death by Snoo Snoo. Death Death by Snoo, Snoo. <laughs> Shut up, Vince Jr. But honestly, if That's the sport- Vince Jr. we got the boys for Vince Jr. Holy shit. Oh, no. Gosh, no. But maybe that's it. we're not gonna let it go. <laughs> so here's the mahogany table. So here's the thing, Minnie. I think we riot if Charlotte retains. I'm sorry. Like the, oh, there's oh, no possible. Oh, Rhea has to her. win this match. She's been pushed to the moon the past six months with Judgment Day. Fucking give her the belt. The other part of it is the only reason they turned Charlotte face was to face Rhea Ripley, and she's been horrible as a face so far. So they've got to get the belt off her so they can turn her heel again because it's not working. Yeah, Charlotte as a face is very hard for oh, okay. me to watch. Right. I'm actually excited for just about every match except for the Almost match because this is my first live event I'm going to. And it happens to be WrestleMania, the Super Bowl of WWE. So I'm excited be- for everything because I'm going to be like a child stuck in the headlights, like a fat kid in a candy store. Weirdo, I don't want to go to WrestleMania. I always want to go to the Royal Rumble. That's the one. Oh, I'm same. Go. Oh, me too. But I'm just excited to go to a live event for the first time ever. You're have a blast. I'm gonna blast. shit myself. Yeah, th- I'm in the same boat as many. This I've been to a lot of raw. I've been to some raw and SmackDown tapings, but this is my first WWE pay per view. Period. So the fact that it's WrestleMania and probably going to be really the only chance, unless another one comes somewhere close to the West Coast, or if I have money to fly out to the others. I still want to go to a Rumble and a SummerSlam before I die. That's still on my bucket list, but I get to check off a WrestleMania, so I'm excited so to be there. You're asking us what matches we are looking forward to? Uh, all, of those, so f- all of those kind of stuff? For WrestleMania. So, so Minis is Charlotte versus Rhea. What's yours, Professor? I'm actually really excited for the Edge and Finn match. I think that Hell in a Cell has a lot of potential. I think Edge is not going to do a bad show. I've warmed up to Finn the more I've seen Finn in the ring. Some of the oh, matches and tag right. matches I've seen... I think Finn's a great heel. I frankly think that faction's kind of holding Finn as a character back at this point. They're not really doing much for anyone who's in that little thing. Other than Dom and Mommy and whatever else. So I, I think that one, that has a lot of potential to it. And I just want to see Asuka. I'm excited for that. Oh, so those are, I'm ready to see her whip some ass. Are you so, ready for Asuka? No one is ready for Asuka. Nobody's ready for that. I'm if- if any, if no one has any objections, I want to go next because you mentioned what I'm actually really excited for. My match that I'm really excited for WrestleMania is Asuka versus Bianca for the Raw Women's Championship. And here's my reasoning. JVL, like you said, it's going to be brutal, especially this iteration of Asuka, who is tapping into her Kana character. It's going to be brutal. But I'm my other reason, too, is just listen Rhea Ripley, mommy, is always going to be a favorite of mine. But, God, I don't want to cry. But Bianca has a special place in my heart for two reasons. Number one, she's one of the few NXT stars that I've actually seen the beginning of her journey in NXT to where she has gotten now. And just the star that she has become on the main roster makes me really proud because there are very few wrestlers that I have got. Because me getting back into wrestling when I graduated high school back in 2011, I was jumping in with all the established characters. And when NXT came around and I got to fall in love with some of the indie darlings and then rediscovered Ring of Honor through that. But Bianca is one of the few actual NXT homegrown stars that I've watched her journey all the way from beginning to where it is now. And I'm so excited to finally get 
to see her defend a title of hers at WrestleMania. But I'm really excited just because it's going to be brutal. I love Bianca Belair, but for me, it's for personal reasons. It completes a journey for me. JVL knows the story, but a couple years ago, I lost my grandmother. And one of the last thing, one of the last things that we did together for a couple of months during pandemic was is that she would watch. She started watching the pay-per-views with me and she fell in love with a lot of the women's wrestlers. So like. The first match she watched with me was that women's war games match where it was EO jumping off in a trash can like Oscar the Grouch onto the girls below. And then she fell in love with the wrestling pay-per-views. And so ever so often she would come over and we would watch it. The reason I'm really excited for Oscar versus Bianca is because Bianca versus Sasha at WrestleMania two years ago was the last match that I watched with my grandmother and just watching that moment of Bianca winning and winning her first championship stuck with me. And so being able to see Bianca live for me in a weird way kind of completes that circle of my me and my grandmother falling in love with Bianca and then me being able to go see her live. And I will admit I'm kind of because Asuka has to win here, but either way, it's going to be a good match. And I'm fine with Bianca losing the title because I think she's done everything that she can for this current title reign. And I don't mind her chasing the next title like Rhea versus Bianca is what I want to see next, (laughs) if I'm being honest. But I'm really excited for Asuka versus Bianca because it's going to be a stellar match. Both women are awesome, but for personal reasons, it's going to complete closure for me. And getting able to see Bianca's, I'm going to cry. I already know it. So, Minnie, prepare the tissues, Minnie. Minnie handkerchiefs. You're going to have to have box tissues. You're going to have to smuggle a bunch in there because he's going to be a river. You know what? I think I will do that because he's already bought me two shirts. So, I don't. (laughs) He's in a pinch to blow the nose. That's good. Yeah. Yeah. So, yeah, that's a little sentimental moment of this podcast. That match is going to be special for me for a lot of reasons. So, try not to cry, but. Just let it out. Just let it out, man. All over Minnie. <laughs> if they yeah. cut to you, if they cut to you crying, that'll be the best thing. <laughs> it's just be the new like Undertaker guy. I'm really excited for that match. Yeah. That just leaves two JVL and Adolfo. Who wants to go to Adolfo? Already explained his. I guess is Omas versus Brock still. What are you looking forward to? So let let me take a different route than everyone else. Oh, he's backtracking uh, on it now. No, let me give you the matches that I am not looking forward to. Sure. I am not looking forward to, I'm going against the grain here. I'm not looking forward to Edge and Finn Balor. I don't know, man. I just, I don't know. I don't know. Just the buildup and the, for it, it's, it hasn't really struck a a chord with me. Also going off of what we were talking about earlier. I just, I see Edge trying to do stuff that he did back in the day that he really shouldn't be doing now because I haven't haven't seen his match in the elimination uh, in elimination chamber. He's what you were what you had said earlier, John, but uh, before we started recording. His body doesn't react the way it used to. His body doesn't react like old school Edge, the, the Edge that is in my brain. I don't, and, and I know that Finn Balor is. I don't want to say in his prime, but I know that he's still able to pull those types of moves off. So I, I'm just, I'm not looking forward to that match. I'm not looking forward to the match. If it was someone else versus Finn Balor, I think I'd be looking more, more forward more to it. But yeah, I'm just, I'm not looking forward to that match. I think there's uh, a part of me, I don't not, I'm, you're absolutely right. I'm not defending myself or anything. I, there's a part of me that goes, this could go south. 
when yeah. I look at that match yeah, for the, sure. The car wreck analogy, yeah. There's there's a part of me that's definitely like, please don't suck, and there's a part of me that's right. hopeful for the potential of it. So I agree. I can right. see what you're saying. Yeah, Austin Theory versus John Cena, just because. Come on, John Cena has a Hollywood career now, right? Yep. He's. I think the report is that he's filming some movie or TV show up until the morning of WrestleMania, then he's flying in for WrestleMania. Then he has to go fly back out to film another movie. So what exactly is the, where's the drama in it? Are they really going to give him, are they really going to give John Cena the U S championship they just to have him like fly in every other month for a fucking match? I have a theory on this, but I'll wait until you're done. Cause I have a conspiracy theory. <laughs> All right. Yeah, I just, I just, I don't know. Again, had they put someone else in John Cena's spot, I think I'd be more excited for it because I feel a better story could be built. But yeah, and I loved seeing John Cena going up one side of Austin Theory and going down the other side on what was that Raw SmackDown? It was on Raw, yeah, yeah, on Raw. That was fucking cool as fuck. I have not seen such good microphone presence in a wrestler in a long in a while until I saw that segment. Having said that, I'm not I'm not excited for that match. And then uh the other the last match that I'm like eh about is Seth Rollins Logan Paul just because I a I wish I would have had more a bigger build up with them. They couldn't have um, Logan Paul only works certain dates. I, yeah, I know. And who the fuck is Logan Paul? Exactly. You know what I mean? I think from what I've seen, I think Seth Rollins is a really good wrestler. He's got a lot of good technical skill in the ring. Like pitting him against fucking douchebag. I just, I'm not feeling it. So those are the matches that I'm not excited for. I dig it. <laughs> I completely understand all the theory on that stuff. And it, it makes sense. And it's just, they're thrown together and their spectacle for the sake of spectacle and all those, which is a pain in the ass. Yeah, yeah, that's what it is. That yeah, they're thrown together just for the sake of spectacle. Especially when, again, when the WWE roster supposedly they have a lot of talent, they have a lot of talent that they're thinking about letting go. Why bring in Ninny Ninny douchebag from YouTube when you can bring up talent that will actually make a good match with Seth Rollins? You know what I mean? Synergy, money, synergy. All right, JVL, that just leaves you. I just put it in the text about this, but the one that I'm excited about, which has no build whatsoever, but I just want to see really big guys slapping each other across the faces is Gunther versus Sheamus versus Drew. The seeds were planted in the Royal Rumble for all of it, and yes, the Bang Bros, they are what they are to each other. I still hate that fucking name. (laughs) It's so good. But to see them finally go there, I think there's going to be a heel turn for Drew in this match. And I think it's going to be worthwhile built up with frustration because Gunther is going to smack the shit out of everybody. He's going to retain and take it on through. And that's going to lead to backlash where we finally have Drew versus Sheamus by themselves. And that's I'm so- amazing. In the islands of Puerto Rico, it's going to be so much fun. In the heat with that pasty white-ass Irishman and the big Scotsman. But the match itself at WrestleMania is actually going to be good too because it's going to be like situated in the middle of the card not in the pee break, but like right around there to like to boost the energy back up, which I think it's going to do perfectly because again, you don't need much to do that with what they have, but it's going to be Gunther's coming out party of, because they said he wasn't 
someone had said in, internally he wasn't ready to be pushed up to that next level. That like even though they were thinking about dropping the IC title to get him up into the main event picture, this will be him proving, saying, "I am not a face. I am not a heel. I am a wrestler who is now." taken this as hard as I can. I have worked hard the all year long and now I'm going to move on and basically take everything that is dear to you all up there in the main event picture, because I've also proven in the Royal rumble that everyone I w- went up against that's in that main event picture can have a good match with me. Uh, yeah, I agree. I'm so excited. Just as and a I, side note, go ahead. Uh, I, and I was going to say, I totally dig that whole, the whole Imperium shtick, right? Yeah. That's, the faction, the Imperium. I totally yep. dig that whole like when they walk out and they stop and they fucking stand at attention. Shit, that's fun. It's that so good. Seeing so that live good. was so awesome at the Elimination Chamber. Seeing them come out and do that, and then seeing him work that match was insanity. It was so good. Yeah. Now that was on SmackDown the night before. He was on SmackDown the night before. Yeah. So. Yeah. But but in general, yeah, it's going to be a crazy thing there, and it's the break of the action you need, which is perfect. Listen, I think it's because I'm going with friends, like I said prior in this podcast. I'm really excited for WrestleMania. I will have my official thoughts when we record next, because the next episode of this podcast will literally be about a week out after WrestleMania has occurred. And all the Raw and SmackDowns after Manias have happened as well. Really quickly, I'm actually really excited for Stand and Deliver as well. I think the match that I'm really looking forward to, if I'm being completely honest, is probably outside of the spot fest that the ladder, the women's championship ladder match is going to be. I'm actually really excited for I want Johnny Gargano to beat Grayson Waller's ass. <laughs> That's what I want to see. But I'm actually really excited for Braun versus Carmelo, the youngest NXT championship match in the history of the brand at a major pay-per-view. It's going to be really good. But yeah, that is a good place to end this episode. Oh, when we l- thing. Tell go me ahead. how you feel when you hear how loud those chops are from Gunter live. When I heard them myself, I could not believe it. I was up that high and it was still like a gunshot. I think I'll probably I will let we will me and Minnie will let you know when that happens because Lord have mercy, it will probably reverberate in that big ass stadium. It's gonna be crazy. But as I mentioned, the next time that we're all together will be post WrestleMania. So we will review the whole entire tune. Me and Minnie will probably do a short little recap before we get into that on Stand and Deliver because we're going to be there. And I'm excited because me and Minnie will be live on location (laughs) for WrestleMania weekend. I tried to convince my other friend that's going with us to do Ring of Honor as well, but that was asking too much. So we'll just have to watch it on the pay-per-views via my laptop. But thank you so much for joining us for another episode of the Biconics Wrestling Podcast. This time with Re- more Biconics. With more Biconics. I think me and you are still the only two, <laughs> but that's okay. <laughs> I, everyone's a Biconic on this one, no matter what. That is true, because we ogle the men's and the women's equally. Because oh, we're iconic in many ways. What are you, the fuck are you talking about? <laughs> Anywho, Yes. Until next time, everyone. (laughs) I'm really excited. Until next time, love yourself. Take care of one another. And as always, from all of us here at Vitri Productions, let the good times roll. We will catch you later for the next episode of Biconics. But until then, ta-ta for now. Love yourself, Vince Jr. Love yourself. Oh, God. (laughs) Hey, good night, Vince Jr. Good night, Mr. Oh, jeez.
This has been a Vibe Tribe production. Remember, take care of each other, love one another, and as always, keep those good times rolling. We'll see you next time.